guys sounded like you had an extra hour of sleep last night. So, man, so glad that you guys are here today. want to welcome those that are joining us online uh, this morning. No matter where you are, it's going to be a good day, and I'm excited to share with you here in just a few minutes. Uh, man, let's just give our worship team a hand. Don't they just do a great job week in, week out? Man, they bring it each and every week. So thankful, so grateful for them and all of our volunteers and all of you guys that are here. Just really thankful and grateful for what God's doing here at Milestone Church. And if you're looking for a place to get plugged into, man, this is a great place. Uh, God's doing some amazing things, and we would love to help you get connected to be a part of that. And so one of the ways you can do that is through what we call Stepping Stones. And Stepping Stones is like your next step. And uh, we'll talk about who we are, why we do what we do, how you can get plugged in, how you can get connected. We'll talk about how you can grow in your walk with Jesus and, and uh, discover your gifts and then use those gifts to make a difference in our church, community, church, family, and just for the kingdom of God. And so, man, we would love to help you do that. Our next one's coming up next year. But if you're interested in, in as far as like gathering, because we're getting into Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I know you are like me, is that you've got something to do just about every night of the week. And so we don't do it during that period of time. But the next available class will be in January. But if you want to get connected, here's what I'm going to tell you. I've got some resources. I can get to you. And then I follow up with you, and then we can help you get connected that way, okay? And so you don't have to wait two months uh, in order to be able to do that. But Travis and Jenny uh, lead that class uh, on Wednesday nights uh, whenever we have that. Wave your hand. Travis was up here singing. I'm going to embarrass him. I'm going to embarrass Jenny. She's kind of like this. She didn't want to put it all the way up, but she kind of put it like this right here. So anyway, but they're awesome. Travis is one of our elders as well, and he does a great job leading that. And, and uh, just super appreciative people are getting connected, getting plugged in. And we would love to help you do that as well. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Matthew, and we're going to be there in chapter 22 here in just a few moments. And uh, we're kicking off a new series entitled First Things First. And so I'm really excited to share with you today. God did some great things in the first service this morning. I just pray that he just continues to work, continues to move. And so I hope that this serves you well. It's one of those things that what we talk about today is just super important, because if you don't get this right, it doesn't matter what we talk about thereafter, right? None of that will transpire if you don't make this uh, a value in your heart and in your life and put it first in all things. And so uh, I just want to pray for us this morning before we open up God's word today. Just pray for you and uh, just pray that God would move in your heart and we would just create space to hear from him today. Father God, thank you today. We love you. Um, Lord, I just pray that in the next few moments, God, that you would just help us to Focus and center in on who you are and what you want to do in our lives today. I pray today, God, that we would just encounter you in a real way. And I pray today, Lord, that no matter where we are, no matter what is uh, we're facing, no matter the struggles, the difficulty, the challenges that are ahead, God, that we would see you high and see you lifted up, Lord. We know that you are in complete control and have absolute authority. And I just ask that you bless our time for those that are in here and for those that are watching online this morning morning, Lord, for you to move in a great and mighty way. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, here's the reason we're calling it First Things First is because there's some things that we need to identify in our life that need to be priorities in our life in order to honor God, to glorify God with our everyday life. We've got to establish what first things are first. Now, we live in a world that's constantly competing for our attention. 
We live in a world that's pulling us in a lot of different ways, and they're biting for your time. They're biting for a lot of things that can ensnare you and pull you, and some things are good things, and some things are not necessarily the greatest thing that you can have in your life. But nevertheless, we're all living in a world where this culture is constantly compelling you and pulling you and and competing for your attention. And so my heart, my prayer is that I pray that God's Word would uh, illuminate our hearts, illuminate our minds and our path, and lead us in the direction that He would have us to go, that we would have a spirit of obedience to do what God would have us to do. And so as we talk about this, it's important that we settle this in our heart and in our life. Now, there was a professor who was standing before his class and he wanted to give the, he wanted them to grab a hold of this important truth. And he wanted to give them a visual. I don't know like how you are, but I love to, I love when people do visuals and I thought about doing it this morning, but I thought, man, I would get so caught up into this and that and everything else. And I'd probably spill something. And so anyway, and I forget what I was saying. So anyway, I thought I could just tell you about it rather than me do it. But I want you to use your imagination. Okay. Just look at your neighbor and say, use your imagination. Or if you kind of blues clues, you can pull out your handy-dandy notebook, all right? So some of you who are like my age, who remember that when your kids are growing up, some of you don't have a clue who blue is, but we'll pray for you, okay? All right. But here's the deal. We want you to use your imagination this morning, okay? And so here's this professor. He's standing before his class. He's wanting to communicate this important truth. And he's wanting them to know and understand how important it is to settle the priorities in your life, to make the main things the main things. First things first. In other words, and so he has this big picture, this clear picture, this vase or whatever, if you will, container. He, it's clear. And he put big rocks in the container where you can see. And he filled it all the way up to the top. And he poses the question to the classroom. He says, is this container full? Of course, I don't know how you were in school, but I always looked around to see if anybody's going to answer or not before I blurted something out, right? What I thought was right. But anyway, everybody says, yes, the container is full. And then he pulls out these pebbles. And he pours the pebbles in the container and fills it to the brim. And then he asks the question, is the container full now? And all the classes, yeah, definitely the container is full. Well, he pulls out another bag of sand and he begins to pour it and it begins to fall all through the cracks and everything. And people are thinking like, it's got to be full now, right? And so he asks the question again, like, is the container full? And by this time, everybody's kind of looking around like, I'm not sure I should answer or not. I got the last two wrong and just wait and see if somebody else and like, I think so. And he's like, no. And then he pulls out water and he begins to pour it in the container and he fills it all the way up. And he says, it's full now. And here's what I want you to see. He said, the big rocks, it represents the priorities that you need to have in life. And if you don't put the big rocks in first, all these other little things will begin to take up its space. Like if you put the little things in first, there's no room for the big rocks. But if you put the big rocks in first, then when the difficulties and the circumstances and all the challenges of life begin to come, you can handle it, but your priorities stay true. Man, that's really, really good when you really begin to think about that. And I hope that we can begin to see that and hope we can begin to understand that. Because what we're talking about in First Things First is making sure that we've got the main thing, the main thing. Making sure that we have the right priorities in our life. Because ultimately, as a follower of Christ, and I believe that you're here this morning uh, because you want to honor God. You want to glorify God. You want to live your life to the Lord. Like you want to experience God's grace and God's goodness. And you 
want to see God's hand at work and you want to see God move. You want to see Jesus lifted up in your family. You want to see Jesus lifted up in your marriage. You want to see Jesus lifted up wherever you are. You desire to serve the Lord and honor the Lord. But I want you to write this down because this is so important. This is so critical that you get this right and that we have a great understanding, a good grasp of this. But when it comes to honoring the Lord, trust is the key. Trust is the key to honoring the Lord. If you're going to honor the Lord, if you're going to glorify God in your life, you have to have trust. You have to have trust. Some of you may have grew up and you sung an old hymn, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But that's the truth. Like if we're going to honor the Lord, we have to trust him. And so when it comes to trusting him, we have to ask ourselves this question. Do I trust God? Do I really, truly trust God? Do I trust him with everything? Do I trust him with my life? Do I trust him with all these things? Do I trust God? That's a question that we have to look at first. And it's one of those questions where it's real easy to say, well, I trust the Lord. Man, how's your week going? Man, just trust in the Lord. Like it's a phrase that we use. Like I'm just trying to, trying to trust the Lord. It's real easy to say, but you know as well as I do, it's real difficult to do. Can I get an amen? amen? When you're encountered with stuff, when things happen, when things are not on your radar, and then all of a sudden it hits you in the face, like you have to come to a place and point in your life to where that you truly trust the Lord. Lord, I trust you with this. Lord, I'm dependent upon you. Lord, I'm looking for you. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk about. It's quite another thing to do. We can wear a t-shirt. We can put it on a bumper sticker. We can do a lot of stuff. But when you encounter it face to face, right, it really presents the question, do I really trust God in this moment, in this instance? It's one thing to say. It's quite another thing to do it. And we'll come to this point and place in our life to where that when we ask the question, if I give God my family, if I trust him with my family, if I trust him with my finances, if I trust him with my future, can he really handle it? Because listen, I've got some plans and I've got some dreams and I've got some wants and I've got some desires. And I know like when I read the scripture, one of the things that I read and one of the verses that come across is that his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. So that could mean that what I have a dream of that could not be God's dream for me. I know that even though that I may have plans, that God has other plans and they may not be the same as mine. So then the question comes down to, do I trust the Lord? Do I trust the Lord? Am I going to trust that what he has is far greater than anything that I can bring about in my own heart, in my own mind, and in my own understanding? Do I trust God. And it's not a question that you just have to answer one time. It's like there's going to be moments throughout that, but you have to make one big decision. It has to be a, a big rock in the container of life, if you will, in your own personal walk is that you have to come to the fundamental truth that God is good, that God is over all, that God is Lord, that he is able, that he can sustain, that he can keep you, that he will watch over you, that he is with you, that he is for you, and that what he has is for far greater than anything that you can bring about on your own. That has to be a fundamental truth in your heart and in your life. And it has to be something that you value and that you stand upon. But there's going to come moments and times in your life to where that you're going to have to come to the line of commitment, if you will, and answer, do I trust God? Because when I talk about that line of commitment, I know you guys probably can't see it up here. 
but there is a piece of rubber that's trimmed out where this baptistry is, but I'm going to use this as my commitment line. Everybody say commitment. Now say line, right? There's a commitment line for everybody and everybody walks up to the commitment line. And here, when you get to the commitment line, there's going to be things to where that God leads you. Sometimes, like I remember when God was calling me into ministry, the last thing that I wanted to do was preach. The last thing that I wanted to do was be in ministry. I grew up a PK. My dad's an awesome guy. He was a great man of God, great preacher, teacher. But I did not want to be in ministry. That was not my deal. I had different plans, different dreams, different goals. And I tried my best to pursue them. But it's like God just kept bringing me back to this point right here every single time. And there were many times when God says, listen, I want you to be all in. I need you to trust me. And I was kind of like Moses. God, you know I don't like to get in front of people and talk. You know I'm self-conscious. Lord, you know I've got all these insecurities going on. I'm the last person who needs to be. Lord, you know all the mess that's in my life, and I don't have it all together, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and I gave God a million reasons of why I shouldn't be coming over here and say, sure, I'd be glad to do that. And every time that I would get the line, God would say, come, and I would go back. But there came a point in time in my life to where I said, Lord, I'm going to trust that what you have for me is far greater than anything else that I can create on my own. And I said, okay, I'm going to trust you. And there's been other instances in life to where that there's a new line, to where that God's called me out, to where that God's saying, listen, I want you to come be where I am at. It's kind of like, you know, you got to get out of the boat. You remember when Jesus was out on the water? And if you don't, you can go back and you can read in your Bible. There's a scripture in the Bible to where that it talks about that Jesus uh, sent the disciples ahead of him and they're out there on the seashore and the storm came and the waves are turning and all that kind of stuff. And in a distance, they see Jesus from afar and he, uh, Peter sees him and says, Lord, if that's you, you bid me to come. And Jesus tells him to come. And like in order that, to do that, like he's got to cross that line of commitment. How much do I trust the Lord? Because this goes against the laws of nature. Right? I'm leaving something that is holding me and I'm going to the unknown. I'm going to deep water, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. And in order to trust the Lord, you've got to cross the line. You've got to get out of the boat. You've got to trust him. We've got to say, Lord, I'm willing. But when we do this, here's the other thing. When you cross the line, here's what begins to transpire. Spiritual maturity. You begin to grow spiritually. Like if you want to stay a babe in Christ, like you're in Christ, God loves you. God saved you. God made a way for you to be forgiven of sin, but he's going to call you to come. He wants to stretch you. In matter of fact, he wants to stretch you to the point where he breaks you. And that's real scary when you think about it. Because before anything can be blessed, it has to be broken. But being broken is painful. It's uncomfortable. It's unknown. But when you cross the line and you go all in, you begin to exercise your faith, you begin to grow and mature in your walk with Jesus. And when I encounter things today, like what people ask me all the time, like how do you do that? How do you continue to move forward? How do you continue to move in that direction? Well, I remember the God that I served 20 years ago when this happened, he was faithful, he provided, he made a way. I remember when this happened, I remember when this happened, and the same God that I served in is the same God that I serve now. And as you continue to trust the Lord and you continue to move in that direction, right, God continues to grow your faith and trust 
in Him. I can depend upon Him. I can stand on His truth. I can rely on His Word. And when we cross the line, we're saying, yes, God, I trust you with everything. But there's oftentimes, and there's areas in our life where we say, Lord, I'll trust you with everything, but I can't trust you there. I want to hold on to this little bit for me. But God's called us to be a part of the unknown. Now, let's go to the scripture right here. If you guys are still with me, say, I am. So here's the deal. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus has been asked a series of questions. Been kind of a, 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 a trivia session, if you will. A lot of people have been trying to entrap Jesus and ensnare Jesus. But then this question is posed, and they asked him, and he's been asked by the leaders and the scribes, and they asked Jesus this question. They said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And then he goes on to say in verse 39, And the second is, Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law, and the prophets. Now think about this. So in their culture in that day and age, there was over 600 laws that they were to keep in order to be a good Jewish follower of God, that we need to adhere to all these laws. And so they're trying to gather what are the big rocks, like what's the main thing? What's the first thing first? What's, what do we need to kind of build our life of on, upon? And so they asked Jesus the question and they said, Lord, which is the greatest commandment? And, and we want to know, you know, what's the most important thing? What should be first in our life? And, and, and Jesus doesn't stumble when he's asked this question. He doesn't have to think about it. He doesn't have to have a committee meeting with the other disciples and discuss it and kind of break it down. I mean, he responds quickly. He comes out of the gate. And this is what Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. And he said, everything else hinges upon this one fundamental truth right here. This is the most important thing. This needs to be the priority of your life. If you're going to put something first, right here it is. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And this was something that they were very familiar with because it was the Shema. It was something that they quoted. It was something they rehearsed that you can read and you can see the scripture there in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it was something that they recited day in and day out as to be a reminder to keep close God, to keep God close to your heart and your mind and your spirit and to allow him to be the Lord of your life. And so Jesus responds and says, hey, listen, here's the biggest priority of your life. To put God first in all things. He should always be first. No matter what. No matter the circumstance. No matter the situation. Whatever God calls us to do. Whatever God leads us to do. Whatever God compels us to do. Whatever His Word teaches us to do. No matter how you feel. No matter what you think. Or what your opinion is on something. Ultimately it comes back to who does God say that I am? What has God called me to say? to do? What does his word say that is true? And I'm going to put that first and foremost in my life. I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. I'm going to trust my eternity with him. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life because he is valued above everything else in my life. And when you value something above everything else, guess what it has? Priority. 
But when you have your priorities in order, everything generally begins to fall in place. That doesn't mean you're not going to have any difficulty. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any challenges. But it means that you have a foundation upon which you can stand. And you can begin to move towards. See, here's the truth. And here's the question that I want to ask this morning for you and for me. Because this is what Jesus told them. But just because he told them, it's still applicable to us in our lives today. It's still true. God needs to be first. He wants to be first. There is no other alternative. God's either first or he's not. He's either first or he's not. So the question this morning for you and for me and for everybody here and everybody listening this morning, is God the priority? Is Jesus the priority in your life? Like if you begin to really take inventory of your life and you allow the Spirit of God to really search your heart as the psalmist says, you really allow the Lord to search your heart and take inventory of your life. The question this morning is, God, is Jesus the priority in your life? And I get it. Listen, I understand. I get it. I get it. Because I know immediately a lot of us will push back in that. Like, I get it that you have a lot of stuff. I get it that you have a lot of things pulling you in a lot of different directions. I get it that you have many things on your plate. That there's so many things that you invest your time and energy and that you invest in even good things. You invest your resources, you invest your talents. But my heart, my prayer is that we just kind of pour a fresh glass of water from the living water this morning. Or we'll take a fresh slice of bread from the bread of life today and that we would hear what he has for us. That it would give us a reminder this morning that no matter what else we have on our plate, God wants to be first. God needs to be first. God desires to be first. And if he's not first, he doesn't want to be a component, a piece. How can I fit him in? He should be first and foremost. He said, love God. In other words, God wants priority in your life. Jesus wants to be first. Jesus needs to be first. Let me explain it this way. When we talk about giving God all things. Now, most people can relate to this. So let's say you're going to one of the best restaurants that you and your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend love, right? It's one of the most popular in town, and man, they just have really, really good food. Let's just say you're going to Ruth's Chris, okay? Anybody been to Ruth's Chris before? I went one time, it's like, man, I can never go back here again. Like, it's, <laughs> we had a gift card, but like, I was like, holy cow, wait a minute. Like, but it was good. I mean, it was like good. It was, it was some of the best Steak I've ever had. It's probably the best steak I've ever had in my entire life. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell it short. It was really, really good. Now, the side items, I'm just going to tell you, go to Texas Roadhouse, get you some side items. But the steak was on point, right? So anyway, that's my two cents, all right? I need some green beans mixed with some grease and butter and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, anyway, everybody's getting hungry. But anyway, let me get back. Got sidetracked. Everybody say, blessing, Lord. All right, that means you stupid idiot. But anyway, (laughs) so all right, you're going out to dinner. It's a great restaurant, right? You know exactly, right? You know exactly what you are going to get before you even walk into the door. It's the best thing on the menu. And you know that because you get it every time that you go there, right? I know how you are, right? 
You're like me. Like you got to select few things and like this is it. There's no reason to even look at a menu. Like I don't have to think about it. I don't have to see what's new. I don't even care what you got on special today. Just bring me the main course of what I always order, whatever that is for you and I. But your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, they're like, you know what? I think I'll try something new. And so they look down at what looks good, and they're asking you all these different things. Oh, there's some kind of spinach queso or something, smothered chicken or whatever. And I'm thinking, hmm. But anyway, that sounds good. And they list this off and that, and they're like, oh, I think I'm going to try this. And so the food comes out. You're both sitting at the table. Like, you've been having good conversations. It's been a great time. been having fun. But your food's coming out. And the steam's coming off the food. And your food that you ordered that you know is going to be on point, it is not disappointing, right? It's cooked to perfection. The smoke, the flavor, everything that you knew and thought it would be is on point. It's exact. And you begin to bite into that. And it's like, "Mm mm-mm, good. It is satisfying to your soul. But the person across the table from you, they're eating that new stuff over there. And it just doesn't have the same kick. And they keep eyeballing yours over there. Now, I don't know how about you. That's when I go like this. (laughs) You put up that guard, that hedge of protection around. It's like, Lord, I ask you to protect this food. But you know the question is going to come, right? Do you know what that question is? Can I have some? Can I have some? Now, if I'm being real, the first thought is like, why didn't you order this too? Like you knew it was going to be good. But my immediately thought, like my immediate thought, again, this is somebody that I love. This is somebody that I'm all in with. We're in relationship. And they're asking me, can I have some of yours? And it brings the question, well, the thought in my mind is, can I trust you? Because I know that if I give it to you, I may not get it back. And you're going to slide that plate over here to me and expect me to finish off what you shouldn't have got to begin with. Right, it's good marriage therapy anyway. It's like it's good. It's good to be able to talk about stuff. Missy ain't in this service, so anyway, I didn't, I didn't talk about it like this in the first service. But anyway. But the question is, you know, I begin to think, like, can I trust you? Am I going to get it back? Or should I just eat what I want right now, take what I want, and then if there's any left over, I can give that to you later. Like, I can get a to-go box, and you can take that to lunch tomorrow, and it'll be fantastic, and we can save money, because we just spent a bunch of money right now, and so, like, we need to save the rest of the week, and all this kind of stuff, and I can make all the rationale that I want to do, but I have to determine whether or not I'm going to cross that line and say, here is what I have. Now, I said all that to say, that's a, lot how we, that's a lot like how we are when we're sitting at the table with the Lord. We're going to order what we want our way. God gives us everything that we have. He's blessed us, enabled us to be able to have what we have. And then whatever area of life, right, not just 
your food, but like there's areas of your life where God says, hey, listen, can I have that? Lord, it's not just really good timing. It's not good timing right now. Lord, you know, I got this, that, and Lord, you know, really, like, this is really, like, I'm going to have to, re- like, I'm not just crossing the line. Like, I can't even tiptoe and put my foot in the water. Like, I just got to jump in. It's like cannonball in on that. Like, I just don't know if I can, like, Lord, I don't know if I can trust you with that. But here's the truth of the matter is, God wants to be first. Like, our response should be, yes, Lord, whatever I got is yours. You gave it to me anyway. It belongs to you. You're first and foremost in my life. Lord, you have given everything for me, right? What has God gave? God gave his son. God willingly came and became flesh. And he ultimately went to the cross, willingly laid down his life. Nobody took it. He laid it down for you and for I. And he gave his life, literally died, shed his blood, buried, resurrected, right? He defeated death, hell, and the grave. All so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be right and reconciled to a holy God. God gave everything. He gave everything that we didn't deserve. And when God says, can I have it? If God's first, if God's the priority, then the only response is going to be, yes, it's yours. Here it is. It belongs to you. He desires to be first. In all things. But far too often we tell God, I love you. Lord, you're Lord, and Lord means He's over everything, but I don't want to give you access to all the areas of my life right now. Let me kind of explain it this way. I read this the other day, man, I thought it was so good. Because God says, I need to be first. And again, we're talking about the priority in our life. To honor God, to glorify God, no matter the situation, the circumstance. In all things, I want to give thanks to the Lord and honor and glorify Him because He's worthy of our praise. And I get it. This is difficult to do. This is like daily walking. This is minute by minute walking. And I get it. It's difficult. But we find a way to do what we value. And what we make priority. Think about it from this perspective right here is what I was going to share. I read this the other day. Think about the disciples. These guys left everything that they had, everything that they knew, and they followed Jesus. They seen him do incredible things. But I want you to think about this. So they love, they love the Lord again. I want you to think about this, okay? They followed the Lord. They weren't perfect. They fell short. But think about the disciples. The same disciples who couldn't watch and pray. Remember Jesus told them, hey, I'm, there's some things coming down and I need you to be on guard. I need you to be praying. I need you to be calling out to the Father. I'm about to go through some stuff. You're about to go through some stuff. Everybody's world's about to be turned upside down and we need the power of the Spirit of God with us. And I need you to be praying. I need you to watch and I need you to pray. But what happened? They were tired. Got a little sleepy. And every time that Jesus would return, he found them laying asleep. But the same disciples who couldn't watch and pray were the same disciples who didn't have any trouble fishing all night long. It's really about your priorities, what you value in that moment, in that season. We do what we value. In the big rock, 
the big things needs to be is that Jesus is first in all things. Matter of fact, that's our value here at this church. Like when you go and you look on the wall above the water fountain over there, it says Jesus first. In all things, Jesus needs to be first in all things. And the reason I'm talking about this is because if you don't get this right, if this is not solidified in your heart and in your life, you're going to give it to something else. You're going to give it to something else. If you give it to your kids, you're going to spend your life chasing them around from place to place, thing to thing. And they're not bad things. They're good things. But if that is your life, if that is your whole being, right, eventually, you know what's going to happen? They're going to grow up and they're going to move out. Right, Tyler? You're sitting on the front row. You knew it was going to happen, right? It's my son, Tyler, and his beautiful wife, Hannah, right there. But anyway, now she's never coming back to church. But anyway, it's all good. It's all good. But they're going to move out one day. You know what? And that's a great thing. Like, you get to see them grow. You get to see them mature. You get to see them experience. But if you have based your life around that, you know what you're going to be feeling? Empty. It's empty enough when just the fact that your kids are moving out. But I'm talking about if that is your life, if that is your reason for existence, you've invested everything that you are, everything that you have in their fulfillment and their joy and everything, one day they're going to leave. And the very thing that you thought was going to be fulfilling and made you happy, you're going to find yourself empty. Some of you try to give it to a man or a woman. If I could find this lady, if I could find this type of guy, and I give them my all, I give them my everything, I give them my work, I find my value in everything in them, you know what you're going to be left feeling? You're going to be left feeling empty. Because that man, that woman, they're flawed. They're sinful. And we want to elevate something that's a creation when we need to look to the creator who is able to sustain and give us life. We look and we give this priority to our jobs, our career, and I get it. We have to provide. But some of us are chasing the corporate ladder and we're trying to get up higher and higher and higher at what cost? And we're chasing the dollar. And listen, you'll find one day, again, those big houses and those nice cars, you'll be riding around and sitting in them by yourself. It'll leave you feeling empty because what you traded, what could be life-sustaining, finding that in Jesus, the very thing that you thought would give life, find out the, it's the very thing that leaves you feeling empty. Or you'll give your priority to yourself and you'll make it all about you, your happiness, your wants, your needs. You, you, you. But I got news for you, too. You're broken, too. You're flawed, too. And you will leave yourself feeling empty. Because we give our priorities to something else. And listen, here's the deal. Every one of us are subject to this. Nobody is immune. Nobody is above this. That's why the scripture says in the Psalms, search my heart, O Lord. Like this should be a daily inventory. Sometimes it needs to be an hourly inventory. Lord, I want you to be the priority in my life. First things first. We've got to trust him with our sin, shame. We've got to trust him with our eternity. Trust him our steps throughout the day. Make him first things first. Now I want to conclude this message today with an excerpt, an excerpt from um, S.M. Lockridge's sermon 
Uh, it's called You Can Trust Him. Now, some of you may be familiar with components of this sermon because they kind of made a sermon jam out of it. And everybody know what a sermon jam? Not many people knew what a sermon jam was first service. Man, y'all need to watch YouTube. But anyway, it's all right. I'm just kidding. Uh, but a sermon jam is like where they'll take like, let's say like we were going to make one. They could take like bits and pieces you know, sound bites from this particular message. They'll put it to some awesome music in the background and correlate it together. And, you know, sometimes the video, the graphics and all that kind of stuff move along with it. And they're really, really powerful. Like there's a lot of great ones out there that you watch. And there used to be this one that was just the, the I call it the king above all kings of sound uh, bites, sermon jams. And it was one from S.M. Lockridge. And they took excerpts from this sermon and combined it with another sermon, but it's entitled, Do You Know Him? But the real truth is, is it talks about, do you trust him? And so listen, I want to read this, and my goal is I'm not trying to say it like him or anything else. I just want you to hear. I want you to hear what he said in describing Jesus. Again, like again, here's, if we're going to honor God, the key is what? Trust. If we're going to honor God, we've got to trust him. If he's going to be first, we've got to trust him in all things. First things have to be first, Okay. It's a lot easier to trust someone when you know they're dependable and able and faithful and willing. So I want you to hear what he says in describing our King, our Lord, okay? Are you with me this morning? Say, I am. He says, you can trust him. Listen to what he says. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show His handiwork. No means of measure can define His limitless love, and no far-seeing telescope can bring in the coastline of His supply. I'm telling you, you can trust Him. No barrier can hinder Him from pouring out His blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. Sincere. He's eternally steadfast and he is immorally graceful. He's empirically powerful and partially merciful. He's the greatest phenomenon to ever cross the horizon of this world. It goes on to say he's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's like, I'm telling you, church, you can trust him. He does not have to call for help. You can't confuse him. He doesn't need you, and he doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He's God. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest ideal in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem of higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's this cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of age. He's the superlative of everything good. I'm trying to tell you, you can trust him. He can satisfy all your needs and he can do it simultaneously. He, can, he supplies strength for the weak and he is available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he sees. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leopard. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He said, I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. 
He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glorify, to glory. You can trust him. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of legislator. He is the overseer of the governors. He's the governor of the governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. You can trust him. And he goes on to say, I wish I can describe him to you, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's unattainable. He's irresistible. You can't get him off of your hands and you can't get him off of your mind. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Herod couldn't kill him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Religion couldn't stop him. Death couldn't handle him. And thank God the grave couldn't hold him. You can trust him. There was nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. He has no predecessor. He'll have no successor. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. You can trust him. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is all things. He's the giver of life. He is the joy out of every sorrow. He's the light out of every darkness. He surpasses all understanding. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. You can trust him. There is no God before him. There will be no God after him. He is the first. He is the last. He is preeminent. In other words, there is no other God. You can trust him. Amen? So here's the deal. If trusting and honoring the Lord is the key, here's what you need to know. You can trust him. So why should I say yes, Lord? Because you can trust him. When God leads me to do something crazy that's mind-blowing, when God tells me to give when I just don't see why I would want to do that, then I'm just going to do that. When God tells me to serve when it's inconvenient for me, but I'm just going to trust Him. When God asks me to do something that I feel like's out of my capability, I'm going to trust Him that He's leading and that He's guiding and that He's going to make a way. You and I, we can trust Him. So the question is today is like, are you trusting Him? Have you trusted Him? Some of you may need to trust Jesus with your life. Some of you are carrying around sin and shame and you're trying to work your way to God. You can't do it. God made a way for you and I and everyone. And it was Jesus. It was always been his plan. It always will be his plan. There is no other way. And when you humble yourself and you repent and you ask Jesus to forgive you, you can trust him. He is faithful to forgive you and he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. And some of you may need to do that today. You may need to right now call out to the Lord. And what I mean by that is just pray. Call out to him. Talk to him and say, God, I need you in my life. Forgive me. I surrender my life to you, Lord. I know that I don't deserve it. Lord, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short. Lord, I know I've been nothing but disobedient and I don't deserve your love, but I'm asking you, I'm trusting you, please forgive me. And God will forgive you. He will forgive you. He will set you free. You can have a new life in Christ today. And if that's you, then man, I encourage you to call out to God. Follow up. Let us know. Man, we'd love to help you. We'd love to talk to you. Love to help you take a next step and grow in your faith and in your walk with Jesus. But that's the beginning point. It starts right there. But if you're here today and you're a believer, you need to take some inventory. 
I need to take some inventory. And we have to look in our life and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to hold up the mirror and say, here we are. This is who we really are. This is what we really value. And we need to look in the container of our life and we need to see if the big rock is Jesus first. And if it's not, we need to allow the Father to place it right there. So do you trust Him? Father...